Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Uh, well, Keith, well, and also Noah and Nick, we're on... Chapter twenty. Chapter oh, 20. I'm, I'm this here. Is oh, you're already 20. there. Genesis I always, I always use my little Genesis red chapter twenty. Oh, you guys oh, are huge. Twenty crappy. episodes of boys read the Bible. No, some of them are like multiple chapters in one episode because there's some boring chapters. We hit a series of begats, yeah. and um, it was a little bit. Uh, you know, I was getting woozy. Seasick, uh, yeah, yeah. even. I, I did listen to the, the first half of the last podcast, and then there was some there was some talk about the begats and. I, I, it, it, you tuned out for the begats. I, yeah, I tuned out for the yeah. begats. I, we can only imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like some jazz guy and like, begat, 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 So we're going to have a little bit of begats in here, but not a lot. Yes. I'm getting better at summarizing begats. Wait, so oh, that's wonderful. Did, said hello to our audience. Hello, audience. Hello. No, well, well, welcome to... <laughs> This is for us. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I guess you guys no, probably can Jesus. read the title if you guys want to know the name of the podcast. I guess we're being mean to you this episode. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, no, we can do it for Luke. one episode. Come back. I'm reading the NIV. I'm uh, reading the, uh, the NIV as well. This is just the Holy Bible. I don't know. Yeah. This is the NIV. That's uncut. <laughs> Holy Bible passing. God's word is God's word. So that- <laughs> and Nick, what do you got? As always, the message. The best one. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Lighters are coming out. Well, so uh, we we left. Don't burn our Bible. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> so what? Russian Jews can do it, yeah. but I can't. <laughs> That'd be a fun challenge. See how many free Bibles we could, we could get in a day? That would actually be pretty. That's content. <laughs> Special video our, our upcoming YouTube channel. Yeah. Our, our Patreon exclusive. So many free Bibles for free. <laughs> well, so we uh, we left off on the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, it's we also briefly talked about Lot raping their or Lot's daughters raping their dad Lot. Um, yes, they they, they drugged him, Roll drugged pad. him and raped him. Yeah, so 
Two yeah. nights in a row. Honestly, a really sour note. Uh, we've we've hit we've hit quite a sad stride. <laughs> the gays are obliterated, and women are raping their fathers. It's uh, daddy issues, dude. You just but Middle Eastern. It's been around since the Bible, man. <laughs> Let's find out how Abraham is going to save us. <laughs> and Keith, you've been on the you've shot. been on the podcast before, right? Uh, I was on the podcast a long time ago. I think yeah. it was probably like over a year ago. It's been it's been a long time, friends. Audience. And then the people that like are just listening now, and it's been like th- two or three episodes. They're like, "Oh, it's Keith again." It's, it's Keith, Keith again. again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. The, the people who listened to all like maybe eleven of our episodes, yeah. but didn't realize that there's like a year long gap between them. <laughs> Look, we all got the coronavirus for a year. It happens. All right. So, so this story is not going to be about Lot. We're back to Abraham. Yep. Uh, and some interesting little stories. So, uh, Luke. Like a, uh, like an old-timey band Meanwhile, <laughs> back in Abraham's. <laughs> <laughs> Abraham and Abimelech. Chapter 20. Now Abraham moved on from there into the region of Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar, and there Abraham said of his wife Sarah, She is my sister. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, You are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Now Abimelech had not, done, had not gone near her, so he said, Lord, will you destroy an innocent nation? Did you not say to me, She is my sister? And did she not also say, He is my brother? I have done this with a clear conscience and clear, clean hands. Then God said to him in a dream, Yes, I know you did with this with a clear conscience, and so I have kept you from sinning against me. That is why I did not let you touch her. Now return to the man's return the man's wife, for he is the prophet, and he will pray for you and you will live. But if you do not return her, you may be sure that you and all yours will die. Wait, so did he like take her wife and Abraham showed up, and he said to them, This isn't my wife, this is my sister. <laughs> For you, the second time. Yeah, you missed this episode. Oh, then, oh, oh I think I remember. Yeah, he's lying about his... Uh... Yeah, he's done this before, where, of course, it's misleading to the person that leads the country. Um, to just be like, yo, this ain't my woman, this is my sister. Yes, We're yes. not, we don't have a relationship. Yeah, uh, I get that. Yeah. I remember this now, it's all starting to come back. No, it's, it's okay. fine. Yeah, th- this story already happened. <laughs> yeah. It happened with the pharaoh in Egypt. <laughs> it is interesting. A little uh, translation difference in mine was it says he is a prophet, not the prophet. Yeah, mine yes. says a prophet. Yeah. Yeah. He. Oh, thank you. All that shaking. A, a cherry whiskey sour. Mm. No pomegranate. You don't, do you not like pomegranate? No, I do. I just... It's not cherry. So Abimelech took Abraham's wife because he thought that she was his sister. Yeah. And he just took her because why not? Abraham has a terrible habit of when he goes to foreign countries saying (laughs) that his wife is his sister. And then the leader of that country marries his wife. I'm starting to think he gets off on this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like becoming a pattern. <laughs> Some sort of uh, desires that we will not talk about on the podcast. Yeah, it, 
it, it seems like a bit of a too much of a trope to be one mistake. <laughs> Abraham is a bit of a cuck at this point. He's got a history. Uh, but yeah, that's what happens. And it happened with Pharaoh as well. And then God always steps in and punishes the king. And the king is like, no, dog, I didn't touch his wife. He lied to me. How am I responsible? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't lying wrong? This dude's your favorite? Yeah. And then God just kind of fixes it for Abraham. (laughs) Um, what a cool dude. Yeah, he's a, yeah God is a strong wingman. Wing yeah, he's God a pretty good wingman. Wing good marital counselor. There is, uh, just so we know the geography going on here, I've been trying to keep up with the geography. Uh, at the In verse 1, it explains now Abraham moved on from, uh, from there into the region of Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur for a while. He stayed in Gerar. Uh, just for like more visual, he was last in Mamre, the Oaks of Mamre. That was where we left Abraham. Negev, like we have already said, is essentially the area south of the Dead Sea. Um, And so he essentially travels to Kadesh, which is uh, directly south of the Gaza Strip. Uh, And then he keeps on going west to Gerar. Shur is essentially like almost to the Red Sea. Um, So he's kind of like towards the southern end of the Mediterranean on the eastern side of the ocean. Or the sea. Oh, okay. That's that's where he's at right now. Um, not that it's super important to the plot. Uh, I just figure we can describe where he is, so we may as well. But yeah. Interesting. I Another thing I wanted to point out that I don't know if you guys noticed, but uh, at one point, he uh, God says in verse 6, that is why I did not let you touch her. Which kind of implies that God, like, took a bit of his will. It's kind of messed up. Yeah, he somehow prevented this man without him knowing from touching a woman. Mine, mine phrased it in a very strange way. It said, therefore suffered I thee not to touch her. I mean, maybe huh. suffered is just an old English mine says, variation. Mine uh, like, kept you from going to bed with her. Kept you? Yeah. Kept huh. you. I think God gave him some, like, E.D. <laughs> it's not that God like put an invisible barrier between them. Yeah. It was just for like the whole week Sarah was living with Abimelech. Abimelech just couldn't get that shit up. <laughs> I swear, I, I'm norm- not normally like this. <laughs> I, you're really pretty. <laughs> Therefore, Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants. And told all these things in their ears. And the men were sore afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said unto him, What hast thou done unto us? And what have I offended thee? That, how, or that thou hast brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? Thou hast done deeds unto me that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said unto Abraham, What sawest thou? That thou hast done this thing. (laughs) And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will slay me for my wife's sake. And yet indeed she is my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. 
And it came to pass, when God caused me to wander from my father's house, that I said unto her, This is thy kindness which thou shalt show unto me. At every place whither we shall come, say of me, He is my brother. And Abimelech took sheep and oxen and men servants and women servants and gave them unto Abraham and restored him Sarah his wife. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before thee. Dwell where it pleaseth thee. And unto Sarah he said, Behold, I have given thy brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, he is to thee a covering of the eyes unto all that are with thee and with all other. Thus she was reproved. So Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. For the Lord had fast closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah Abraham's wife. So was Sarah actually his sister, and he was just being deceptive? What a plot twist. Yeah. This is the first yeah. time we learn. He wasn't lying. And God told him to do this. Yeah. So it's more of lessons for the kings, I guess? Yeah, I was kind of curious what you guys all think of that, because uh, when I read it, it could be one of two things. It could either be the straight truth that Sarah has been his sister this whole time, plot twist, or he's just lying again. He's just like giving nuance to his life. Like, no, no, she really is my sister, but she's also my wife. Well, I think he was rather admitting to being deceptive, I think. Um, I think that when he goes and says, I, this, this, I mean, I think this is kind of more of an apology, you know, where it's like, okay, well, you lied to me. Um, and now I look like an, you know, like Abimelech is thinking that he looks like an idiot because he was supposed to marry this chick, but now she's married to someone else. Yeah. And so Abraham, I think that he was rather being like open about his deception by saying like, yeah, this was my sister. So I wasn't necessarily telling you the truth, but I think he's trying to take accountability for that. Yeah. It kinda, um, least, yeah that's kind of like, how it comes across because of the result of everybody ending up happy. So yeah. like Abraham screwed up. He took accountability. Then the king recognized that he had these circumstances or whatever that caused him to act in this way. And then he was like, okay, this is all fine. And then they just went their separate ways. And then everybody was happy because it was the truth. Yeah, sort of thing. that's the way I like reading it. That's a much better outcome. <laughs> it's, it's more positive. Yeah, it's, it like actually has a lesson. Yeah, has come into a new land, lied to the local officials, <laughs> and gotten nothing but profit. It works out every time. Every time it works out for him. You heard it here first. Lie to the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> but only if they take your wife. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one good apology I heard for this is that... Uh, okay, so there's like obviously a problem where later in this book, incest is against God's law. Uh, and Abraham, being the father of incest. Judaism, is did it through incest, essentially. So that's kind of problematic. Yeah, I have heard an apology, though, that... Uh, you either he was lying again, or that um, Sarah is Tara, Abraham's father's daughter, but either of another woman or that, a that, granddaughter. That's what he. That's what he says. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. 
She's the daughter of my father, but not the daughter oh, of my okay. mother. Yeah. Well, I also heard step, 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 sis. So it's either <laughs> Abraham. <laughs> so Abraham, Abraham that's is a half sis. That's a half sis. Yeah. That's a half. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I heard um, a long time ago when I was in catechism at the Lutheran Church, um, I was uh, talking with my pastor, and my pastor spoke that Jesus, like, was born from like all sorts of different like pedophile or not pedophiles like uh prostitutes and like all of this there was all of this like sexual like adultery that took place in his family tree to get to Mary and Joseph um and so i think that well i i wouldn't know about the history of Sarah and Abraham but it it's possible that Sarah could have been begotten from something of that lineage yeah, as well. I do know the history of one other city full of adultery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't necessarily think it's very problematic either because that was pretty fucking common during this time period. Yeah. Like, marrying your cousin and shit. That, that would not have been outlandish. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of like I mean, this breaking is like a, straws this to is, worry about This is it. like a few generations after Noah and his family survived. Like, there can't be that many of them. Yeah, yeah, and literally a few generations after Noah had to have sisters and daughters and sons to repopulate the earth. They're all from incest, according to this story, so I yeah. feel like it's not that big of a deal But I he's telling yeah, the truth. So either, either Abraham, father of Judaism, is incestual or a liar. That's a good point. That's kind of, well, that's more of a bummer, dang. I did which kind one's, of like this which one. one's more of a bummer? I, I feel like maybe this is a hot take, but being a liar. Being a liar. I kind <laughs> of agree. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I think I would agree. With that as well. <laughs> if I had to pick one, <laughs> yeah, I I did like this version because this happens earlier in Egypt uh, in chapter twelve, verse ten through twenty. But the Egypt one just seems like. Abraham just fucking gets away with totally lying to the Pharaoh's face just because he has God on his side. This one feels like a lot more fair where like God like intervenes and then Abimelech and Abraham and Sarah actually work out the paperwork together. Yeah. This one feels like more like there's a lesson learned. I don't think it's that much more fair. He comes in, God shows up to Abimelech and says, hey, I'm going to kill you if you sleep with her. (laughs) So he gives her back and then he also pays Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. There is no punishment for Abraham for lying. That's true. Well, except for his <laughs> reputation, I guess. He well, seems... It's he's, sealed. He's a prophet. Like, yeah. every time someone's like, hey, this guy's not great, God comes out, he's like, no, he is. <laughs> yes, he is. You know, mo- most people in response to that, or being told that by God, are going to be... Or, or maybe well, that is a lesson in accountability, that if you actually take accountability, then... The then you miss out on the prophet's lying. <laughs> like, I don't know. Uh, speaking of the prophets, too, uh, Sarah gets a thousand shekels. Uh, Noah, do you know how much silver that is? Actually, <laughs> yes. actually, he, he said that uh, it, was, it was given to the, the brother. Oh, a thousand yes, Abraham. A thousand shekels given to Abraham is twenty-five pounds of silver. Which is that's, that's a good bit of silver. That's pretty good. That's about three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> in, in Mesopotamian money. 
Three hundred dollars. I mean, if it's silver, that's incorrect. That would be approximate. Because an ounce is like what twenty eight or something. No, yeah, a kilo is about. It would be about fifteen thousand dollars. About a lot like of a, silver. About one quarter of a bitcoin. Imagine how much. Well, anyways, uh, that's the exact same story again with slightly more substance. So uh, next up, we got the birth of Isaac, chapter twenty one. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah. As he said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him, and as God commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has brought me laughter, and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And, he had, and she added, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. The child grew and, at, and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a feast. So, yeah. That's happy. Yes. Yeah, this is a sweet little Sarah's story. Sarah's all excited. Yeah. She's like, God, you have made me laugh. A really, <laughs> a really, really happy highlight here. Isaac means uh, the one who laughs. Or uh, laughter. This is kind of a great art because God was kind of calling out Sarah for laughing earlier. (laughs) (laughs) What a twist. Now she can just laugh freely. God, man, you know, the more we read this, the more we realize God is fucking funny. (laughs) He's got got some good ones. Like, I'll show you a joke, Sarah. I'll give you something to laugh about. (laughs) Boom, baby. You didn't you, you hear my babble pun? I got a good one. Yes. I got, I got, I've been brewing this one up for 300 years. <laughs> but yeah, uh, God follows through on his promise. They're 100 years old. They have a kid. Abraham follows through on his promise. Yep. He uh, bent down real close and did the deed. He did, did the deed. Did the covenant. He did the covenant. He, he cut off that foreskin. <laughs> I hope the microphone picked that yeah, up. I should have clicked my teeth. <laughs> Uh, one thing to note in this section, uh, similarly to uh, Jesus, it doesn't, well, Jesus is a little bit more clear about being a miraculous conception. Uh, this does not make it clear that Abraham is the one who uh, helps conceive the child. God does promise that from his seed, nations will rise, so we can kind of assume it. But in the actual story of the conception, it doesn't really state that Abraham participates in the conception. At the start, it says, in mind, the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. So didn't he talk about it in the past, their yeah. ch- both of their children? Yeah, that being... it would be from Abraham's seed. So you can kind of assume it happens. It's just one thing I kind of found sense. is like a, 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 a bit of like an interesting lack of detail where yeah. there, there might be a parallel uh, to like... Jesus's conception going on here. I don't think it's the case because God says pretty clearly in his actual covenant that it's going to be from Abraham's seed. But yeah, interesting little. I mean, little it really, tidbit. it really goes. We'll have to see what Isaac does. I mean, he seems like a bright. He seems like a a bright young kid. A, a laughing. I mean, boy. call this a bold prediction. I think nothing crazy is going to happen soon. Nothing. Isaac's just going to grow it's up. Crazy. Abraham's going to be a great dad. Yeah. Nothing could happen. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see. Yeah, let's find out. 
Okay. All right, sure Alex. rattle my jimmies or something right, else yeah, happens. That's, that's a weird thing to say. But. Weird prediction, um, but I like it. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. In all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. And also of the son of the bondwoman will I make a nation, because he is thy seed. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. Or Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. (laughs) And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a a bowshot. For she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him, and lift up her voice, and wept. Wait, so did this maid just, like, run off with Isaac and, like, put him in a No, no, it was her own child that she had had with Abraham. The bastard son, Ishmael. Uh, Father of Islam. Sarah Sarah wasn't feeling that confident, so, like, she's like, okay, you know, try and have a child with this woman. Thank God, oh, mad okay, at Abraham. So Abraham knocked up some other chick because Abraham thought that you couldn't get his wife pregnant. And then get this: as soon as like she conceived, Sarah was like, "No, no, this isn't cool. I don't, I don't like this." Anymore. Yeah, after she just said, "Sleep with the slave," then he did, and he's like, "Oh, well, hold on, I didn't really mean sleep." So with then, the slave. her logical solution, or her emotional solution, was to kill the child. One hundred percent. Yeah, there's like, there's not a city they could walk to. She went, it, mine says they went like 50 yards and then she just put them under a bush. Well, God, I mean, God said like, you know, hey, go that way, I'll give you a nation too. Like, I'm just saying, they should have gone farther. She doesn't have to try. Mine God specifies God 50 like yards. Been, like, that is easily eyesight. Like, <laughs> God has been less overtly distrustful than Abraham. <laughs> 50 yards is like a kid Something. pitching a hissy fit and running into the backyard. Yeah. Like, <laughs> It's not even like a mile. (laughs) And God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven, and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thine hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad a, gave the lad drink. And God was with the lad, and he grew and dwelt in the wilderness and became an archer. And he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took him a wife out of the land of Egypt. I'm kind of jealous mine doesn't call him a lad every time. <laughs> <laughs> Same though. That was kind of, yeah, no, 
I didn't know loud was that old of a word. <laughs> He's been lad since the beginning of time. At least since King James. <laughs> <laughs> Always been lad. <laughs> Ishmael was the first lad. <laughs> that he means, threw him back like no other. That the means that there's always been mad lads as well. Oh, good point. <laughs> yeah, so that's the last time we hear about Ishmael in the Bible. So did he actually well, get a good Yeah. Is there, there's got to be other stories about Ishmael, right? There's, there are some other stories about Ishmael. Just not in the Bible. We should have an Ishmael episode. In Hadith. Yeah. So... I've got all of the, uh... Is there any, like, old Hadith? Yeah, uh, like... The, okay, so, I have the Hadith that the, the Islamic version of the story of Ishmael is found in. Uh, it's called... We're gonna kill this one. The, uh, Shahi al-Bukhari. And it's Hadith 3365. The Hadith is supposedly the word of Muhammad's cousin... And his cousin's name is Ibn Abbas. So it's like a close to first-hand account. Uh, The problem with Hadith, though, is they're all first to, like, fourth-hand accounts. Um, Kind of exciting, though. It's like, did it happen? Maybe. Yeah. We'll have to see. It's a little bit more fun than the Bible, because the Bible, like, you don't know whose account it is. You just know it's, like, a written oral tradition. But with Hadith, they have, like who supposedly said it when they said it and then like there's a bunch of imams that rate it's like how confident they are that it's real do you, do you think they have an app there's probably an app actually because there's like a there's a hierarchy of hadith hadith is like a whole rabbit hole we can go into when we read the uh, islamic version of ishmael's okay. story but it's really different than this story for one uh, two, it is not in the Quran. Ishmael is mentioned in the Quran, but the story, this story of Hagar leaving him under a bush, finding a well and shit, that's not in the Quran. It's only a Hadith story. Could we also read a special, you know, Quran-only Ishmael story? Yeah, we can read some. I When I was looking, looking at stuff, I don't think there's a story about Ishmael in the Quran. It's more of just, like, mentions of how good of a man Ishmael was. He's a good guy. He was an archer. He's a yeah. man of the field. He's a good guy. Yeah, no, that's pretty much what it is. It's like, oh, Ishmael is so patient, and he's a good archer. It was just kind of, like, like praising him. But, uh... Do you know which direction she she, she went, ended up wandering off into? Um, that is, I'm pretty sure, a question that Heath answers, but... The Hadith... Do you know where Beersheba is? Yeah, Beersheba is, uh... So imagine modern-day Israel. It's in between Mediterranean and Dead Sea, closer to the Dead Sea side on the southern portion of the Dead Sea. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So it's kind of... It's close to uh, the oaks of that one place that he built, that Abraham builds the altar. It's near there. It's not quite as far as Gerar is, which is the last place Abraham was. The Islamic version in Hadith has um, Ishmael actually participate in the construction of the Kaaba. Uh, so we at least know that he travels to a couple of uh, important cities, such as Mecca. Some would say one of the most important. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There, there's a bunch of. Ishmael has a lot of fanfic in uh, is, Islam's version. 
not to say it's objectively fictional. It's just it feels like fanfic because they base it off of this little tiny story here. Yeah. And there's so much more about Ishmael and the, and the Islamic tradition than there is here. It's like Muhammad's like with his like scribes scanning the Bible for like any other mention of him. No. It's like an OG character. Okay, okay, we, we we can use him. We can work with this. We can do that. They don't have anything else about him? Let's just take him. He's an archer? <laughs> He's tabula rasa. We have archers in our armies. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun. We'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll do an episode on that one sometime. It's there's a whole rabbit hole though. It's going to be involved in explaining how the Quran works uh, and how Hadith works before we like dive into it because it's very different than like just being able to read the Bible. It's like a yeah. kind of a different beast. But I mean, so far from this, these two these two stories, like, I mean, you know, uh, Isaac was born, so it's happy. You know, that seemed like a good birth. Yep. Then, of course, Sarah kicked out Hagar now that she had a son. It was kind of bound to happen. Yeah. You can see the writing on the wall, but, like, God saved Hagar. (laughs) They're living happily ever after him. Yeah, the Treaty of Beersheba. Um, At the time time of Emelech and Fickle, the commander of his forces said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here before God that you will not deal falsely with me or my children or my descendants. Show to me and the country where you are living as an alien the same kindness I have shown to you. Abraham said, I swear it. Then Abraham complained to Abimelech about a well of water that Abimelech's servants had seized. But Abimelech said, I don't know who has done this. You you do not tell me and I hear about it only today. (laughs) So Abraham brought sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech. And the two men made a treaty. Abraham set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock. And Abimelech asked Abraham, What is the meaning of these seven ewe lambs you have set apart from themselves? He replied, Except these seven lambs from my hand as a witness that I dug this well. So so that place was called Beersheba, because the two men swore an oath here. After the treaty had been made at Beersheba, Abimelech and Fickle, the commander of his forces, returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he called upon the name of the Lord, the eternal God. And Abraham stayed in the land of the Philistines for a long time. Chapter 22. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, and I will tell you about. Oh, did I do that cliffhanger wrong? Oh, shit. (laughs) It's still a bit of a cliffhanger. (laughs) It's it's a soft cliffhanger. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. That was supposed to be different. (laughs) That was definitely supposed to be different, but it's okay. God damn it. This is the way it is. I should have said something. I mean, the negotiations that Abraham and Abimelech ma- made, those were kind of tense. Yeah, you could call them that. <laughs> seemed a little bit. I really, I really fucking love the, uh, uh, then Abraham complained to Abimelech about the well, and then Abimelech says, I don't know who has done this. You do not tell me, and I heard about it today. <laughs> he just seems <laughs> like, so, like, like, fucking done with this shit. It's like, you can't, you can't expect me to, like, Fix a problem I don't know about, guy. 
It's just so, like, bureaucratic. I'm like, like, look, man, I got bigger problems. (laughs) I don't give a shit about your wall. I just met you. (laughs) I literally just met you, and we met on your very, very, like, tense terms. Yeah, like, you see all this land and shit that you walked into? That's mine. I have shit to do. (laughs) Yeah, they have some water rights drama. Um, One thing that is a little interesting is... This is just like a lack of clarity in the Bible, but um, Hagar retreats to Beersheba and finds a well there, and then Abraham, shortly afterwards, establishes the city of Beersheba uh, because of a well that he thinks he owns, (laughs) or at least he claims to own. We don't know if he owns it. He just says, I swear I own it. Here's seven sheep to prove it. (laughs) Well, and then Abraham was like, take this because as a witness that I dug this well, yeah. which he didn't dig. Yeah, yeah it's like, it, it, it'd be like if I like, uh, if I, if, if, if I like had a pencil and you're like, that's my pencil, Luke. And I was like, here's $7. It's my pencil. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how that yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> how, how could I have sheep if I didn't have a well? <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> so Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young <laughs> took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off and Abraham said unto his young men abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto, unto Abraham his father and said, My father. And he said, Here I am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Is that the cliffhanger? You, you got the cliffhanger, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you did it correctly. <laughs> I like to think the whole time that Isaac's being tied up, he's like, so where's the sheep? Like, when, when does that happen? He's just tied up to a post. He's like, I don't see any sheep still, Dad. <laughs> no, they'll come, son. They'll come. <laughs> Another instance of Abraham being a liar. He kind of only lies. Yeah, Abraham is kind of like, he kind of lies a lot. <laughs> he's lying to his son in this case. But I guess like a a grown. It's a break. I don't know how it's old I. I don't really know how old Isaac is, but like he can talk. So like yeah. maybe you know Abraham was worried. He's like, 
I'm 100 years old. I don't know if this kid could take me. I'll just tell him God will give us something. I gotta gaslight him. <laughs> the only way I can do this is gassing my son. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this story takes on like a very different flavor after reading the Bible chronologically than it did when I knew it prior to this. Like, I, I feel like I know who Abraham is as a person at this point. And he feels like an average Joe who kind of, like, is living in a world of big shots, but he's got, like, the biggest shot on his side that kind of shows up sometimes. And when that guy asks him, like, give me the one thing you love, it, it's just, like, it's a lot less weird and weirder in a, in a different way. Like, I always thought this story was fucked. But, like, it kind of makes more sense, but also still feels fucked in a strange way. Because at this point, like, he's, like, a follower of God. Yeah. He is, he is mutilated, I mean, well, he has made his covenant with God. (laughs) 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 He's made his covenant with God. He's done it with his child. Like, you know, he's in it for the long haul. And so when God asks him to do anything, he's just down. you kind of can't really turn back after you've, like, cut off part of the skin from your son's dick. <laughs> You're in this deep with the god. You know, I mean, that's that's a pretty personal thing to, like, do to your kid. Absolutely. On the eighth day they're born? I imagine how much resentment must have built up for that. Yeah, like Isaac's running around with all No matter the what you do for your kid, it's like, you almost married me when I was, like, like fucking nine. <laughs> Isaac's running around with all the other kids in the Middle East, and, like, it's like, why do your guys' dicks look like sad elephants? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to ask this, like, last episode or maybe a few ago, but, like, how common was circumcision before the covenant? Do we know? I don't know. That was something I was going to look into, and then there was just so much content about yeah. the Abrahamic covenant, I was like, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, I'm not sure, though. It's, I, I don't it's, know. It's tough to really look at, like, skeleton for it, because, you know, yeah. the, the dicks tend to shrivel up. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> a few mammals without a dick bone. I, I didn't know that was a fact. It is. Interesting. Who has, which one has, like, a, the biggest dick bone? I, I don't know. Do you think, like, a whale? I don't want to get jealous of, like, dick bones, so I don't even look into them. Like, I'll never have one. I'll never have I don't want to know. That's, like, a safety thing. I don't want to know what I'm missing out on. Think about how often you get kicked in the balls. Not that often. <laughs> oh, that's, that's not that true. <laughs> Too often. I'd say it's pretty rare. <laughs> oh, okay. Just me. <laughs> Some people would benefit more with a dick bone than others. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. So God, um, God gives Abraham a son, and then asks after him to he, cut off his skin, yeah, and then lets him make an interpersonal connection with the son over enough time for the son to hike a mountain and talk, and then asks him to kill his son as a sacrifice. You know, I, had, I had heard the term binding of Isaac several times before this, but I did not really think it was going to be like this. Literal. Uh, yeah. But not just binding. I mean, like, you're going to kill the person you're binding. Yeah. Like, binding them for a sacrifice. Especially, like, verses 1 through 8 of 21. I just... I didn't expect this because it seemed like they were pretty happy. 
Yeah, it really... Yeah, after naming the sun the word for laughter... Yeah, it's a little poetic. The, the, this, like, long-standing st- promise God made, like, multiple chapters ago of, like, your seed is gonna build nations, I'm gonna give you a son that you could never have, and then, like, God's like, kill him. <laughs> Just fucking kill him. It is a little jokery. Yes. Yeah. It's a little edgy. Abraham lives oh, in a society. I scars. <laughs> Want to know? I got my dick snipped. <laughs> <laughs> it all started with my dad saying my mom was his sister. <laughs> <laughs> so, a curious question uh, for for all of you guys: uh, Do you think this is a reasonable request of God? Well, if you want to make the argument that it's God and God can no. request whatever he wants. <laughs> well, yeah, like based off of who we know Abraham to be and who we know God to be and how much God has done for Abraham, do you think it's reasonable? I no? mean, I think it might I wouldn't feel do reasonable it. for Abraham. Like if I were in God's play, but like, I don't know what his motives are. Sure. I don't yeah. know why he's doing this. He works in mysterious ways. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't feel comfortable. What, would I would I ask someone to kill their son? Is that what you're asking me? Uh, I mean, if you've been pulling favors for them all their life, and all you want is a little bit of kitty blood. Okay, if like a person did this, had been helping someone out throughout their life, and then finally <laughs> helped them get a like a child, and yeah. then asked them to kill it, we would say that's like the most sadistic shit we've ever heard. Yeah, but from like the perspective of the narrative, this thing is God. It's God, and it. It gets what it wants, and it can do, like, the unimaginable. Then it's got to be, like, a test in, the, in that context. You think it's a test? If it's not, I just don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, he's got to prove his, uh, his faith. All right. Well, I also can see how if someone, I, I don't think it's an entirely unreasonable request to ask for something back if you gave it to someone out of grace. Interesting Keith, when I make it big, I'm going to buy you a house. Then you live in it for a month. I'm like, hey, I'm going to need the keys back. But <laughs> you were the one who gave it to me to begin with. And so I yeah, can't Yeah, but it's really under the assumption that, that it's yours I'm when I need it back. To you. How many sure. times do you get a gift and then someone's like, hey, give me that gift? Back. But it's within your power to take it back. If you're a dick. Yeah, sure. But it's within your power. Right? But it's always within your power if you're God. Like Exactly. Why should he give out a gift and then take it back? Well, and see, that's... Imagine if you, like, donate... You donated to some charity in, like, fucking early April. And then, like, in May, after you paid your taxes, you, like, charged it back and you got it all back. If you can pull it off... <laughs> you know? I mean, it's God you're talking about, right? I mean, you have to think of it, like, from a, a larger perspective. Oh yeah, no, I'm kind of on Keith's side with this one, and that was why I asked this question, is, like, I, this story, before I had read it beginning to end chronologically, seems fucked up, like a God gaslighting his only loyal servant, and just unreasonable, but after, like, reading the entire story chronologically, we ultimately do not know that God is omnipotent or omniscient, we ult- we Abraham is kind of a schmuck. He's just in this world of kings and queens that are ruling over him, and God is pulling these ridiculous fucking favors that we don't really know if they're easy for God. We just know that God does them. But God's also telling him, like, to go to these places and do these things. Yeah, God is kind of pulling the strings. Like, didn't he tell him to go to Egypt? 
God, no, God did not tell him to go to Egypt. He oh, went no? to Egypt because there was a famine. He left the promised land that God gave him okay. to go to Egypt. I and he and God got him out of it. Yeah. It, it's like an exercise of God's power, I think, to show Abraham that more or less Abraham is his bitch. Yeah, like when you, you don't know? think of God as like an all-loving character, which he has not presented himself to be so far... This feels like a like a deal. Like he's like just asking for something back finally. Yeah. Like he has not asked for much. He asked for like uh what what was it? Well, uh, not, he asked for that got, lamb early on. as like transactional. He's also gotten like a, a little, little well, yeah. It, I don't like, even think it's like yeah, he got the two birds as much yeah. as it is just He's gotten, I don't know how many people's foreskins. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think we can overlook the sacrifice already made. So many fucking yeah. foreskins. <laughs> well, I don't think that it's like as transactional as it is like it's just an exercise of God's power, I guess, to be more so like I don't know how to describe it. You know, I mean, it's like it's not all going to be sunshine, sunshine and roses. You know, there's going to be some Negative things, too? Well, I think that in order to be able to provide for someone, you have to show that you can provide for yourself, sort of a sense. You know what I mean? We've got an Abraham. Like, I I think that it's more along the lines of... If God was not able to request this, then he would not be able to pull the strings that he can. Well, another part of it, too, is like... like, being able and, like, is it the right thing? If you're just this all-powerful dude, then people are going to, like, come to you for stuff. But if you put the thing in front of it, it's like, hey, yeah, I'm going to give you a child, but, like, could you kill him? Then you're going to be less likely to ask God for stuff. Yeah, it's like a... It's, it's like a threat? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's like well, a... Well, so you I'll need fucking to take respect, it back. You need... Like, it's a respect of authority. Yeah. Right? It, it kind of feels mean, that way. It, it feels like an exercise of authority. Because it's like, okay, well, I can like give a, like you a, whatever you want, but do not take advantage of it because I can take it back whenever I want. Yeah. To me, that's like kind of like a threat. Like, hey. It is. Well, it, really is. it 100% is. Okay, yeah. yeah. It is. But it's not as... But, oh, I don't think it's like... It's not like the emotional feeling of a threat as much as it is. It's just an exercise of power. Probably like 30 You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I think I, I wouldn't... I mean, maybe, again, I don't see God's, like, purpose in this fully, but it seems like a little much. Yeah, it does seem a little much. It's just I've never seen this story as reasonable, and after reading it like this, it feels a little more reasonable. Like, I'm seeing God as a lot more human, and, like, when you read it the way we have read it, than Big G God, and that makes a lot more sense for a character like that to make demands of like, uh, I let you borrow my car, give me the car back. Like, he, he feels like, it, it doesn't feel reasonable, but it just feels totally within, like, this guy's character. Yeah, because he has, like, the em- emotions of a human. Yeah. But the power of a god. Yeah. But the way yeah. it's worded, I don't think he ever says to Abraham, I'm going to let you borrow a son. He says, I'm going to give you a son. Like, giving someone something, like, it's implicated that you're not going to ask for it back. You're giving it to him. Yeah. yeah. This is- but if it's not within his power to take it back, he couldn't give it to him in the first place. Well, let's find out what happens to this son. <laughs> Wait, does he not die? But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, 
Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there, is a, there in the thicket he saw a ram, caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Oh, mine, the angel, oh go ahead. Oh, wait. Mine calls it Jehovah Jireh. Which I guess. Mine calls it God. Jehovah Jireh. Jireh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that means God will provide. Okay. Mine is called. Yeah. God Yure. God sees to it. God sees to it. Yeah. Huh. I haven't heard that one. I've heard Jehovah Jireh, but I haven't heard God Yure. Uh, the angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, "I swear by myself," declares the Lord, "that because you have done this and have not." Uh, and have not withheld your son, your only son. I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of your enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba. And Abraham stayed in Beersheba. And then some other stuff happens at the end, but it's... Yeah, don't fucking worry about it. This is way more interesting to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So it was a test. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a test. I'm actually, Keith, you mentioned like right before we transitioned, uh, wait, he doesn't die. Did you actually not know that Isaac no, doesn't die? Dies. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was thinking like, <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, wait a second, did you not know that? No, I knew that. <laughs> it was I like that in my audience. translation, when the angels speak to Abraham, he says, Yes, I'm listening. Like, he's not even <laughs> stopping. Well, and how did the people who were with Abraham not, like, was there just not, like... He told them to wait, at, like, you know, farther back. But if you're tying up your kid about a sacrifice, I mean, that's got to get kind of rowdy. <laughs> I'm imagining the kid is like what Nick was saying, just going, when's the sheep going to show up? <laughs> <laughs> I also, I was kind of expecting, like, a mirrored act of mercy from Abraham to spare the ram. Like, God spared Abraham's son, but he just went up and killed it. <laughs> I was expecting him to let the ram go, because he saw it caught, and he's like, that'll do. That and he's really walked poetic. up and killed it. That would have been really fucking poetic, actually. I like, kind of like that more. Yeah, that's what I was expecting, and then he just he went for the, the kill shot. I mean, when, when you were prepared to kill your son, like... Yeah, but, like, I thought it was going to be, like, a moment of mercy between both of them, and it was, like, God's like, don't do it. Oh, I think like Noah mentioned this in pre- previous episodes, he he still does like blood sacrifices. Oh yeah, no, oh, like yeah. God totally fucks blood. with blood sacrifices, um, and that's seen in like. The, I'll I'll edit this out. Oh yeah. One of my favorite things to edit over is whenever someone says edit that out, and I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love that. Yeah. So. Uh, as soon as he's about to do it, uh, an angel shows up and is like, Abraham, psych. <laughs> We're just kidding. Don't do it. Gotcha. Uh, and then the angel just speaks for the Lord and says, again, the whole your descendants will take possession of the cities of your enemies and all of that. He just reaffirms the promise. And what's weird, too, is uh, he like emphasizes it with a, now that you've done this, now that you've been willing to sacrifice your only son, I will surely bless you. Like, this was, like, the whole game all along. It was, like, a long test. 
Yeah, mine said as for now. I know thou fearest God. It's a it's a fear test. It's like a it, it was a loyalty test. Like like what Keith is. This is yeah, a hot a- take. But I think of like it's almost like you're testing a woman to see if she's actually like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you think about it, it's like in the the traditional sense of like what Christianity would say you want from like your wife or whatever. It's it's someone who's just like going to give you that ultimate level of submission, and then you can take care of them for that. And I think it's almost like that kind of an approach where Abraham is God's bitch, but because he is God's bitch, God can take care of him sort of a thing. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, it's like his ultimate level of submission to God. Yeah. It, I think he, de- he depicted a willingness to give up the only thing that he had ever worked on his relationship with God to get yeah. like all of what Abraham has done for God was because God said, like, yo, I'll give you a kid. Exactly. And I'll give you a kid with Sarah. Yeah, with the woman that he was married to. And, and then he finally got it, and then God threatened to take it away, and he was willing to take it away. It could, so, it's it could, it could like, also... Um, Abraham could have also done it because he trusted God for whatever reason. Because God had promised that, like, his heirs will, you know, rule a lot of land. And they'll be like, you know. So even if he did lose his one son, at least he would have. Exactly. He, 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 it I mean, he like even he has, says, yes. like, Isaac will. Well, that's what I think it is, too, is that it is, like, the ultimate level of submission to God. You know, I mean. It Which, is I mean, like, like uh, I feel like another way to tone that would be, like, complete trust. Or right. faith in God. He says in the section that uh, we just read before that one. Um Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Right before he, like, tries to kill his son. So there, there maybe, could be maybe read he, as maybe Abraham, he wasn't like, lying. really trusting or gassing his son. But I, I feel like, like, with the conclusion of there being a ram provided by God, like, I think Abraham might have really genuinely trusted that, like, if he got all the way up to the point of sacrificing his son, God would provide a sacrifice. I'd be willing to believe that. The fact that God doesn't stop Abraham himself and sends an angel kind of reminds me when Hagar runs away and he sends an angel like, oh, they weren't supposed to leave. Like, I like to think God's like, I put a ram up there and he hasn't found it yet. Go fix this. Like, like Abraham was supposed to see the ram as soon as he got up there, but just never looked. He's like, he's really going to do it. I put a ram right there. I I trapped it. Angel Gabriel gets a call and it's like, it's Abraham saying, uh... God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And then there's like a video camera of him like lifting the knife and then Gabriel's like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, I, go, I put I the lamb there. Actually, I think that's actually a really interesting thought because what if the ram was there and Abraham saw it and yet still chose to not sacrifice his son even though he saw it? Ooh. You know, I mean, we don't know. Yeah, that could, that, that is an alternative the, the ram was there. Or maybe it was lost in translation. I don't know, but yeah. I mean, it would be kind of interesting if that was actually the case. Yeah. Yeah, it... I, I think, like, the more positive interpretation is that uh, that Abraham trusted God to provide the sacrifice that was not his son, and or trusted God to provide another son enough that he was willing to give up this one. I think, like, that's 
that that's got to be what was going through Abraham's mind to justify it. Or I guess what the angel says, like, yeah, you were scared of God. That that's kind of a weird one though, because like it doesn't seem like a scary thing to do. It just seems like a shitty thing to do. Mm. I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, because he doesn't give him the ultimatum like, "Give me a son, or else." He yeah. just says, "Give me a son." He, yeah, he doesn't threaten Abraham with any repercussions if he doesn't sacrifice his son. He just asks for it. Well, I also think that it might be something that one couldn't understand unless they had actually experienced that which Abraham had experienced, right? I mean, like, yeah. the, the level of fear that must be caused by everything that led up to that point, you know? I mean, like, it's yeah. one thing to say that Abraham was afraid, but it's another thing to think about, like... Everything that went up to that point that caused whomever wrote that passage to say that Abraham was afraid. I mean, if you take it from a very literal perspective, um, then it puts more emphasis on the importance of everything that God had done for Abraham up until that point, I think. Yeah, this is definitely like a culmination of... Abraham and God's relationship. And also, I mean, for the reader, if, if you are writing this book to kind of convince someone of, a, of, of this religion, it's like, this, is a, this whole story of Abraham is like, have complete faith in God, and it will work out for you. The religious takeaway is that, like, complete, almost blind has a negative connotation, but blind faith will work out. Pretty cool. Dude almost mercs his kid. Pretty rad. Yeah, I, I, I guess the faith faith in God is your is your you know moral of the story. Yeah, Shit. he's gonna come through for us all. Yeah, or like don't fuck around with an all powerful God, or commit it to your word, or yeah, just in a sense, the most intense version of God got jokes. The most I mean, he took intense. it to another level with this one. This, this is like when God has been building up to his like he has been cooking this prank for years. Yeah. He's like, oh, Abraham's gonna love this one, and then like he pulls the prank and Abraham is pissed and he's like, dude, I was hoping you'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> I spent so I, much time on this. I didn't mean to scare you. I I, I, I didn't think you were could... actually gonna put your kid up there. <laughs> I didn't think you'd go that far. Well, <laughs> I, I honestly like you crazy Abraham. You crazy <laughs> crazy. <laughs> I think that a lot of it does have to do with the commitment to your word because I think that up until like that point you know like the interactions between Abraham and God like God or Abraham always well he didn't like always trust God's word up until this point yeah. sort of a thing and like when he didn't things went wrong. Yeah. And so he blindly took the leap of faith to say that okay, you know what, whatever. You said that this was going to happen. I'm going to do it. And because God's word was something consistent, it actually worked out. And so I think that like it's, it's more so to be like God, you need to do what you say you're going to do. Or rather, it, I think it's coming more from a place of like the lesson would be more of honesty. Yeah, if, than... if we're taking all of the narratives leading up to this, it has been very consistent that Abraham lies, God gets him out of the situation, and then Abraham kind of wins from it, and that's kind of the whole thing. And every time we've read them, we've been like, that's kind of a shitty theme. But if we took it like all in, uh, all up to this moment, I think it is fair to like conclude that the theme so far might be... 
using your actions to exhibit your like your beliefs is better than lying is going to get you a better outcome than lying right because it's more and it's more external than it is internal right i mean it's yeah. like if you're uh, i would agree with that 100 percent because i think that up until that point abraham was being dishonest and it just happened to work out because he got lucky and now it's like he took the action did this thing and now it's actually going to happen and it's going to manifest itself and not you know i mean it's not going to be a well, an effect of something that he didn't have control over it's going to be something that's manifested because it was something that he an action that he took and if i had to like really uh ignore a lot of the totally fucked upness of this story this is the first time Abraham kind of makes an, a valuable interpersonal relationship stride. Uh, there's, like, a lot of interpersonal trust going on here. I would agree with whereas, that. Whereas, like, his relationship with Pharaoh was God was like, ah, I'm just going to fucking curse him, get out of Egypt. Abimelech was kind of like some bureaucracy happened, and Abimelech was a little frustrated with him. Uh, Hagar was a slave he fucked that he had to kick out a couple of times. It's kind of unclear. Yeah, because his wife was upset. Yeah, this is kind of the first time Abraham, like, uh, at least the way it reads leading up to here, to me, feels like he makes a valuable connection with God. It was the first yeah, time he just actually... Got doing shit for so, him. So, I, so I guess, Sacri like... The, oh, wait, go ahead. Yeah, well, it, I think that it, it, it's exactly that. It's like the first time he's actually taken and sacrificed something within himself to foster a relationship. Yeah, yeah. So like, it, I guess the, the the whole the whole story of Abraham and Abraham would be like God will benefit you, like faith in God will benefit you, benefit you in different ways, but it will also test you. And and the test is what gets you the valuable results yeah. of like. Okay, yeah. now, now, like, I, God gave me the son he promised for a long time, but, like, now I feel like, like, like there's, there's an actual, like, connection between God and Abraham, rather than just God throwing favors at this guy. Yeah, so, like, there's small, small benefits that you can accrue, like, you know, getting out of town, uh, lands that might have been dangerous Bad. for you. Yeah. But then also, if you were willing to, you can get some serious yeah. benefits. You can get those tier two benefits. Yeah, and having <laughs> you want to upgrade to a tier two assistant manager, you get chosen you get people plus sacrifice your fucking son, <laughs> or, or having complete confidence in the outcome because of your commitment to doing the work. The, the, this is what happens a lot in the Bible, where like the actual theme you really have to fucking work for. Yeah, and I feel like that's what pastors. And, uh, and and priests are good at is like really making the theme seem fucking obvious but when we've been reading this whole thing at base value the theme is not obvious yeah. it's, it's really not as obvious as like I think religious people make it out to be you have to fucking work for it <laughs> yeah and I guess that, that that's probably why you know so many people enjoy this text and like so many people enjoy the interpretations of this text because it's not straightforward. No, it's really not. And I, I like it. I kind of dig it. Especially this story with all of the context that we have around the characters. Because there's so many different ways to look at it. But I guess like it could have been worse. Like it could have, we, we could have not known it 
as the binding of Isaac, but like the the killing of Isaac, the the bloodshed the of Isaac, the sac- sacrifice of Isaac, Facts. the well, gutting of Isaac. Do we want to do want to close this out with a couple more bagats? Some bagats to finish the night. Let's do some bagats. I could go for a bagat right now. A bagat, maybe some, something to bring you down. Now it came about after these things that it was told Abraham, saying, "Behold, Molcha also has born children to your mother Nahor." Uz, his firstborn, and Buzz, his brother, and Kamul, the father of Aram, and Chezd, and Hazo, and Pildash, and Jidlaf, and Bethel. Um, Bethel became the father of Rebekah. These eight Milka bore to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, who was named Remwa, also bore Teba, Gam, Tasha and Makah. Wow. That's beautiful. It's inspiring. Really inspiring. I might get that tattooed. What, what, <laughs> what, what, what version is that? Uh, I think it's the... It's the Holy Bible. <laughs> it's the 8ASB, the New American Standard Bible. I I think I'm going to have to take that Bible down a rating notch because they changed begat to became. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, so um, the only important thing here, the only important thing is the name Jizlaf. Jizlaf family program. And Nahor. Jizlaf? Jizlaf? you tell me Isaac is named Laugh and now we have Jizlaf? We've got two kinds of laugh. The second most important thing is the name Rebecca. Uh, Rebecca will become an important character. I would just like to say... Mine is not just laugh. It is jid laugh. Jid laugh. Yeah, like mine's also with a with a d as well. I like jid laugh. Oh better. wait, mine is jid laugh. I was just seeing oh, what I wanted to see. Man. Damn. Fucking blows. Well, you've been laughing at jizz videos lately. I've, I've who been, does, who does? No, I've been watching pe- videos of people jizzing while laughing. You're laughing or they're laughing? They're laughing. I'm dead serious. <laughs> this no, is yeah, study. Luke, Luke's serious on this. <laughs> this is my research. I, I, don't, I, I take these matters seriously. Well, any uh, any final comments before we close this bad boy out in a really reasonable amount of time? Shoot. Well, I, I, I hope people can uh, remember if you make sacrifices or are prepared to make sacrifices for the great supreme being. Mm-hmm. Good things might come. Maybe. I'd also say do them slowly because you might get interrupted. It might not have to do <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, be Don't. prepared to do it, like, mentally, but, like, take, your, take time. your time. So, like, walking through airport security with an explosive vest, but not setting it off. Yeah. Just, you but you have the trigger. You that is a could. sacrifice. You think that the angel will stop me? <laughs> You're an American hero. The angel's not going to stop you. TSA will stop you. <laughs> the real angels. The real angels. <laughs> is a suicide vest a good sacrifice? Like a suicide bomb? Like should... I feel like it should count. It's like sacrifice with pizzazz. I don't know if I want to explore the religious legitimacy of suicide vests quite yet. Do we need to go further in the Bible to do Would that? Would you at least read a hadith? <laughs> <laughs> That's an edit out. <laughs> it's gonna get us taken off of Spotify. 
Well, guys, that has been... Yeah, it seems... Okay, yeah, we don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about that. You, you can if you want to. I, I have a feeling it's going to get edited. So. We're hitting the point where I start editing a lot of content out. Um, that has been The Boys Read the Bible. Uh, be Spotify. Now it is The Boys Have Read the Bible. The Boys Have Read the Bible. That's the end. I don't know. There's still um, a lot of pages left in mine. Hey... <laughs> <laughs> hit, it, hit us with that follow. I found out you can make a lot of money podcasting if you have followers. Oh, shit. Also, uh... And I gotta pay these microphones off. My Venmo <laughs> is, uh... Yeah. yeah. plug yeah. our Venmo. Uh, Keith, you wanna plug your Venmo? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm pulling it up I'm here. gonna plug mine, too. You can donate to the cause. Um, my, uh... Luke's Venmo is James Dash Stanley Dash Three. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah, want to edit that out. My Venmo is Keith underscore Bova underscore one. Um, if you want to donate to the cause, we can use it to up the production value and bring more content. But to again, the like the mic production value is probably as good as it's ever going to yeah. get. It'll probably, probably just go into crypto mining. Yeah. It will 100% <laughs> go into crypto mining. <laughs> It's also, a sacrifice we really must make for the greater good. You know, follow us if you want us, uh, if you want to send us GPUs. <laughs> I don't really know how it would work, but we'll, we'll if we get enough followers, we'll set up a page where you guys can send us GPUs. <laughs> That's the only thing you can submit. Let me find my Bitcoin right. wallet real fast. Good, goodbye and good night. Goodbye. Good night. Good night. 